Okay, let's uh, talk. I want to thank our sponsors for today of Living with Prayer. I want to thank, first of all, everyone who got on last week and the nice feedback. We had a great guest here. Our sponsors today, Helen and Martin Ender, who we miss very much in memory of Helen's father, Yitzhak Ben Moshe, Isaac Aaron, Naomi and Dove Greenblatt, in memory of Dove's mother, Fega Blima Bas Yoshua, Vera Greenblatt, and Leah and Israel Wallach, in memory of Leah's father, Shmuel Yechiel Ben Yaakov, Natan, Ted Markovitz. Call Kavod. Okay, let's jump right into this week's Parsha with an incredible halacha that comes out of this Parsha. You know, when you think about Parsha Kitisa, you generally think about bad things. You know, we like to promote, unfortunately, sometimes the negativity of the Egel, which we have to do. But there are a lot of other very important values and mitzvot in this Parsha. Shabbos is in the Parsha. It's not a coincidence that in the same Parsha of the Egel, they're Shabbos. But I'm not going to give you that to our Torah now. Some of the most essential elements of tefillah are found in this week's parsha. Vayichal. What's the language of Vayichal? What was Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem trying to accomplish? Very famous machlokas between the Ibn Ezra and the Ramban. If it's not so famous, so then look it up. We'll figure it out. But I want to start off with something at the outset of the parsha, which I never really noticed before. And like a lot of things, when you're looking up one thing, you find out something else, and then you forgot why you originally got there. But that's the way Hashgachas Hashem works, the divine providence, when you're learning Torah. So we're going to jump down to uh, towards the bottom of the page, the first side, and we're going to look at the beginning of Parshas Kitisa. A Baal Kore has to work very hard. Aaron, you're laying Parsha Kitisa. You, Rishon and Shani, it's very long. Does anyone know the reason why? Just a little trivia. Why is Rishon and Shani yes. in this week's Pasha so long? Anyone know? Yes. Who's that? I Michael Abrahams? What do you want to say? Uh, in order not to be, uh, embarrass B'nai Israel, they keep the, the reading of the Cheta Egel until Shlishi. That's until very interesting. So in 1994 or so, that's the year the Rangers won the Cup, um, 93, 94. Yeah, in that year, Parshas Kitisa was actually already 95. I was a rabbinic intern at Oed Tzedek on the west side. I broke the ice over there. And I heard Rabbi Alan Schwartz, Parshas Kitisa, give that exact explanation. I've never seen it written down. The Kohanim and the Levium, except for Aaron, that's an aside, were the only ones not engaged in the Ego Hazahov, in the Golden Calf. So in order not to embarrass all of those that were involved, we have Rishon and Shani so long. There's a lot to say about that, but that's not what my share is, but there's so much in this Parsha. Let's jump into what is even before that, in the beginning of the Parsha. If you look at Periklamid Pasuchah, when you come into the Oamoe, you'll have to look into the Pesukim to see exactly when and where this is happening. Yerchatsu Mayim. So there's a halacha, apparently, for the Kohanim, that they should wash their hands. This is the kiar. The Rishonim right on the spot. You look at the Bechar Shar. You look at the Sephorno. They're wondering, why is the kiar? How do you say the kiar? Sink is not the, not the nice way to say it. How would you translate kiar? Earn. Cistern. Yeah, there's another term with an L. I Laver? Laver? Anyway. Whatever the term is, a fancy term for the kiyar. So that really belongs in uh, last week's parsha. 
or even in Parshas Truma. What's it doing in Parshas Kitisa? We don't learn about it. So if you look at many of the Rishonim, they assume that the reason why it's in this Parsha is unlike the other Kalim that are integrated as instruments to bring the Shechina, however that happens, but the Mishkan, Veshechanti, Besalcham, this is more of just a Hachana. It's a preparation for the Kohanim. That seems to be, if you look at the Bechar Shar and the Sephorna, what I'm going to show today, Shir, and it's a Chumash Shir, but it's mostly a Halacha Shir, it's actually a, a bit more fundamental. And this is going to be the approach of a Rashba. The Rashba didn't write a commentary on Chumash. He's one of the great postkim in our gen- of our time. I say of our time because the Rashba is still living, if you haven't heard. He took over Spanish Jewry after the Ramban, and we still live in many ways with the Rashba. And what I'm going to show you from Rashbat today is the Kiyar is very much alive. And at the time of the Beis Hamikdash, it was a reminder for Kohanim that you now have an opportunity every single day to have a rendezvous with Hashem, but you have to prepare yourself a bit. And we today have that same opportunity. And that's going to get a little bit into why do we wash our hands so much? Yeah, I once had a Baal Tshuva at our, at our table and, you know, we opened up a conversation and the one question that uh, he asked us that he says, I understand a lot of things about Judaism, but why are you guys always washing your hands? You know, as he was getting from, from he just couldn't get to it because he, he learned he was a psychologist. He thought maybe there was some type of disorder, washing the hands before we eat, wash the hands in the morning. He said he, he was at a house and they washed the hands, Nagelvasa, as some of us do, I don't do this anymore, not into a sink, but into a bowl, right? What's with all these rituals with, with water? So if you look into this parsha, Paraklam and Pasuchaf, and I'm giving you another Pasuchaf Aleph, it sounds like for the Kohanim, it was a very big deal, all this washing. What's at stake? That if they don't wash, they're going to die. It's not that they're getting punished for not washing, but maybe because something's going to happen. So again, I don't usually, I haven't spent so much time on this in the previous. I said, okay, Mitzvah Hashem, before the time of the Beis HaMikdash comes, I'm a Levi. Maybe I have to figure out if I'm going to have any role in the Beis HaMikdash. But it's really irrelevant to me today, besides just knowing what's in the Torah. So let me just rewind. Does anyone know the translation of something that's called Nagel Vassar? I know what Vassar is. Vassar is water. Anyone here ever hear that term? Nagel? Nagel Vassar? That's what they tell us when you wash your hands in the morning. They used to scare us in yeshiva. When I was in fifth grade, my life's not that interesting, but when I was in fifth grade, my parents wanted to institutionalize me, seriously, because they thought I had a Rebbe who basically scared the living daylights out of us. And he said, if you don't wash Nagel Vassar, you know, three times on each hand, and you don't have your tzitzit straight a certain way. He basically said you have a direct exit to Gehenna. So a lot of kids were getting a little bit nervous in fifth grade. You know, you don't want Hashem to kill you. I couldn't even dive in that year because I was so scared. I wasn't going to say things the right way. And look what happened to me. So, you know, you, I would go through a little cycle. So that's the tour. The tour mentions and the earlier sources that the reason why we wash our hands in the morning and I'm going to show you full circle, it has nothing to do with this week's parsha. It's some type of Kabbalistic 
reason. Kabbalistic is legitimate. We follow minhagim sometimes that are grounded in Kabbalah, especially if it's brought down by the Arizal, the Magin Avram, but we don't necessarily understand it, and you don't necessarily tell this to a three-year-old or even to a 10-year-old or 11-year-old, or maybe to anyone if it's not properly communicated. So what the Torah says in the very first source is the adoptic towards the end of the first line, you have to make sure that when you pour the water, you should do it shlosha pa'amim, that when you sleep at night, there's something, what I call it over here, is you're washing from death. It's not a question of hygiene. We wake up every morning, a positive way of saying it is we have a new life, as we're about to see. But there is a certain, what I write on top, washing from death. And that would explain why three times. When you leave a cemetery, you go three times, right? And, is, and there are reasons, Kabbalistic reasons behind it. When this is brought down la halacha in the Mishnah Bura, and I'm not giving you all of the sources, so this is found in Simandal. It's very early in the Shulchan Aruch, these sources. Again, these are codified. The Mishnah Bura says, the second source. There are two reasons for washing the hands. I'm going to show you. There's a third reason. What happens during the night? So our hands get dirty during the night. We're supposed to have clean hands before we daven. Listen, this year there's been so much focus on having clean hands. Some people are washing their hands daily for the first times in their lives, many times, right? Sanitizing, does it have to be with a clean? That's part of what we're discussing today. And what does the Mishnah Brewer say? Because your hands are dirty, it's impossible that you kept your hands clean. You have to have your hands clean for davening. It's a din in tefillah. And he gets into the reason for saying the bracha, which I'm not discussing so much the bracha on the TLC Dayim. And when you say it, some of you may have said it when you wake up this morning, when you first woke up. Some of us say it when we get to Shul as part of Berchaz Shachar. But so far, what we've shown you are two basic reasons why in the morning a Jew is supposed to wash his hands, a Jewess is supposed to wash her hands. One is it's from death. Something happens every night. It's as if we died. And number two, just to prepare for a day of rituals. If you look what the Mission Bureau says, and you look in, you have to have clean hands when you dive and you have to be clean. It's not just the hands and the feet, but we have to be clean. Fine. If you look into the rush, we're going backwards now to one of the great Rishonim. The rush has a long discussion over here. And he says he's going with the reason the Mishnah Burr is based on the rush, that we wash our hands in the morning so that they're clean for davening. If it's true, I'm going to paraphrase this rush, then it doesn't matter how you get your hands clean and with what you get your hands clean. You could use hand sanitizer. If that's as good as uh, water, then there would be no problem. You don't have to use a clee. There's absolutely no reason to use a clee, according to the rush. What's happening in our parsha with a clee and a kiar, that's nice for the kohanim. It has absolutely nothing to do with us. I'll just read to you what's in bold. Venerish ain't low mayim. If you don't have water, umenakas yadav v'tzrar v'afar v'af v'shemavarech on the kiyos yadayim. So he just says you would change your bracha, as opposed to saying on the tilas yadayim, there's a whole history why that exact term is used. Natilas Yadayim is, is for a Klee. So you say on the Nikias Yadayim. 
What's very important, according to the Rush, is it's not just getting your hands ready in the morning. You see, according to the first opinion, the Kabbalistic reason, then when you wake up in the morning, it's as if you had a death experience. Maybe some of us have this after sitting through a shear or a class or a boring lecture, but that's not the same as sleeping a whole night. But according to the Rush, if it's to get your hands clean, then there's no difference. Chakras min You may be wondering, how does this play out in shul? You know, in shul, there's always, good, hopefully any good shul has a sink in it, not just in the bathroom, but like as we do in the hall. Now, maybe they originally put it in for catering, but knowing the great people who founded the shul, they were also thinking about washing your hands before davening. You'll see some people come in and they always wash their hands in the sink. I'm not saying you have to, we're going to have to see the different reasons that are given, but you have to have clean hands. So that's the rush. Now, as I was going through this rush, which is really how I came to this. So I look on my computer, I have a Barilan program. And usually on the rush, I'm aware of some of the classic commentaries on the rush, mainly the Carbon Asano. On the latest version, I see a commentary called the Dibre Hamudos. I heard of the Dibre Hamudos, but I never realized that the Dibre Hamudos happens to be, just from a historical perspective, he's the Tosfos Yom Tov, who is most well known for his parish on, on uh, Mishnayis, Reb Yom Tov Lipman, Heller, who lived in the 16th century. And he makes a note to this rush. This note really startled me. Vaod, another reason why you wash your hands. I always knew the two reasons. You wash your hands in the morning from death. You wash your hands in the morning or maybe for every tefillah from being dirty. But then he makes a comment over here. And he says, Vaod, dumya de kohen gadol. When you're washing your hands, you are reenacting, you are acting every day like the kohen gadol, shemekadish yodav kodem havoda which is what we have in this week's Parsha. That's very interesting. Without even going further to see where his source is, that would require a cleat. It may also require you putting it into a vessel, whether a sink fulfills that or not, because you're going to basically look into these psukim and see how these psukim are interpreted in Zvachim and in other places. And you'll have a totally different understanding, not only of the Parsha, but this is our theme this year, living the Parsha with prayer. So I started to look a little bit deeper. I realized I missed something in my education. I was probably still scared for my fifth grade Rebbe, but I won't blame him. And look at the Magen Avram. The Magen Avram says, Hatam, the reason why we wash our hands in the morning, again, I'm not discussing right now exactly when. This could be also when you do Nagel Vasa in, at home. But some people, as I did further research, They'll do that in the morning to fulfill the opinion of the Kabbalistic reason. But then right before they walk into the Beit Knesset, you'll see people washing their hands as well with the Kli. It is most likely to fulfill what we're about to learn in the Mugan Avram and then the Rashba. And beyond the technical, at least for the last couple of days since I came across this inside, it's been somewhat of a revival for me. I'm not screaming in the house when I'm washing my hands, but I, I have gotten more excited spiritually and I'm getting more excited as we're getting back to shul and more people are going to come into shul. So 
So I'm trying to have that feeling of renewal in any rituals that I can. We all need to be motivated. So if you look into the Magen Avram, the Magen Avram says, Hatam Kamosha Kasav Harashba, like the Rashba says, the Rashba, very important. His Shalos and Chuvos were dealing with life and death issues, but also very basic ritual questions. You think the first source was Kabbalistic? This is not only Kabbalistic, it's Kabbalistic and realistic. It's life. Every morning, we're like a new creation. Every morning. I mean, we have so many cliches, like it's a new day, living by the day. This is life. That when we're washing our hands, and we're saying, I'm not just reading about a calling Gadol from the past. I am the calling Gadol in my service of the Rebbeinu Shalom, in my service of others. And I'm grateful. It fits in so beautifully with what we say in Modani, that I have another day to live in the service of my creator, my sustainer, my fellow Jews and even non-Jews. That's what all the Birchas Hashacha are about. That's what you should be underlining. Now, the Mishnah Brewer actually brings this down. I miss this Mishnah Brewer. I don't think a couple of you who learn a Mishnah Brewer inside missed it, but I missed it. It's been a long time. And he quotes the Rashba. But when I see people quoting the Rashba, as great as the Chavetz Chaim was in the Magen Avram, Baum's got to go see the Rashba inside. What am I going to do? Rely on them? So I not only look at the Rashba, I looked at the Rashba. What was the Rashba's topic? What's the context? So here it is. Right before the Rashba that you have below, Chelek Aleph, Simon Kuftzadi Aleph, that's 191. I wanted to see what's he talking about because he refers sometimes in this shuva to a previous shuva. So the previous shuva, as I wrote on here, was what, what do you do when you leave a bathroom? How do you wash your hands? I'm not going through the details, but what he's discussing in the previous shuva, what he discussed in the previous responsa was washing from, washing from being dirty, washing from, as we're saying, a death experience. But now he's discussing why do we wash our hands before davening? And it's not that we're washing from, it's we're washing for. That every single morning when we come, and he quotes, he doesn't quote the Mishnah Brewer, the Mishnah Brewer quotes from him. But there's one thing, when you see the original, you get to see the context. And then he quotes a Pasuk. And this Pasuk, it was worth coming, Howie, just for this. One of the most inspirational, this is going to be not for because of me, because of the Rashba. He says, what happens every morning? So he sends us to the book of Echa. That isn't what you have in the box. In the book of Echa, there's a Pasuk. Chadashim Labkarim Rabba Emunasecha. That's the Pasuk that's right there in the grave. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What's the Pasuk before? You have to then look at the Pasuk before. You know, my father's Rebbe was Rapam. And uh, my father told me this. I heard this many times for Rebbe Reisman. Very often you're sitting in it, you, you're studying a Gemara and you, you're pulling out your hair, trying to figure out the, the Gemara. But the Gemara quotes a Pasuk. And you, but a lot of guys who went to Yeshiva, we never really studied Tanakh. 
well. Definitely not when it's in the Nevi'im and definitely not when it's in Echa. You know, Echa we pull out once a year. Rav Palm said if you'd actually go look up the Pasuk, you wouldn't spend 30 minutes talking about what's going on. It was an interesting question, is that Bittal Torah or not? You're actually learning Torah, but you have no idea what you're talking about. If you go to the bookshelf, I'm talking to myself, and read the Pasuk, then all of a sudden a lot of Gemaras make a lot more sense. Today, they make it easy for us. You know, they print the whole Pasuk inside. So I went to look up this Pasuk. The Rashba sent me to the Pasuk. The Mishnah Brewer sent me to the Rashba. Then I went to the Pasuk. And the Divrei Hamudos, right on the rush, couldn't even resist telling us this is not just about washing our hands from. It's something for. So what's the Pasuk before? We all know the song. I don't want to sing it for you. Hashem, Hashem, your mercies, are, they don't end because every morning the next Pasuk says, we wake up and we get to start again. The next Pasuk afterwards is The Lord is good unto us. And that's why we have a soul that anticipates great things to come. What the Rashba says over here, let me just read to you inside now that you have it under the context. As he quotes from the Pasuk. Now, by the way, that Pasuk is also quoted in the Mishnah Bura. I just didn't pick up on it. It just looked like some nice Hebrew words. Once you go inside to the original source, you see where it's coming from. Now, I want to just end with one thing, and then I'll summarize. On this whole discussion, I found the fascinating... Abu Draham. The Abu Draham was one of the great commentaries on the sitter. He's not trying to be, give us cutesy Torah, but he says something very profound. He's quoting from Gemara and Shabbos. If you don't wash your hands, you're going to become poor. Now, again, this is not my fifth grade Rebbe trying to scale everybody to go wash your hands. I like to look at the positive. Why? Vesimen lazeh, the Abu Draham says, Natilas yadayim, Rashi tevos ani. Natilas yadayim. Figure it out. It's the acronym for ani. The point over here is, is not to be ani, but to be rich. Every single morning, no matter what happened the day before, the night before, we have a new entry into this world. We experience it with Moda ani, and we experience it through Natilas yadayim. It's not going to happen magically, just like they're not going to become an honey because they didn't wash their hands. But it's a sign that if we have the awareness of Hashem, then every day as we're washing our hands to come into a Beit Knesset, if we're not in the Beit Knesset, to come into a new day of life in our homes with our family, we really do believe, and it's integrated into our halacha as presented in this week's parsha, that we could start again, that we could start again. So it's not that we're washing our hands from, it's what we're washing our hands for. The way if I would be a rabbi and want to give a homiletic interpretation, I would combine it all. We do sometimes have to wash off what happened before. But the goal is not just to say, okay, everything from the past is now clean. Let's prove it in a positive way. So my encouragement to you, for really the first time in my life, I've been around Baruch Hashem, I'm looking at Parsha Kitisa, the beginning of the Parsha, and the Tilas Yadayim as a new opportunity for re-entry into this incredible gifted world that Hashem has given us. 
Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're going to go to a little bit of a different schedule. because Pesach's coming, by the way. I received my first Pesach question, Hanukkah, but a lot more since Purim. So I'm not sure we're going to have a shear next Wednesday, but there's a lot to come. A lot of shear we're going to be announcing. And Bezras Hashem, look out for the information. Thank you, everyone.